It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us. And that's why we're asking for your support. If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP. EPP bonus episodes as well. It's only five bucks a month for all these extras. And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air. Become an EPP now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, the mysterious laughter of a child is heard at 3 a.m. by a couple, but are they the only ones who can hear her? A nursing home employee gets a memorable last goodbye from a resident. A group of kids can't help but wonder if their imagination is getting the better of them. But what could possibly explain the ringing in the woods? Adjusting to life with new siblings can be difficult, but are the new family members to blame for all the extra noise? And one listener shares his premonitions and how they saved his life. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello. And of course, I must say, we love doing this show for you every single day. And if you uh, enjoy the show as well and you like it, uh, support it. Become an EPP. It's an extra podcast person. You get the bonus episode of the show every single week. Access to our archive of past EPP episodes and videos. The next EPP episode, it comes out on Saturday. So uh, if you're listening to this on Friday and you're going, ah, I'd like an extra episode for the weekend, if you could sign up today, you will get that email with the uh, brand new EPP episode and all the past ones. It's only five bucks a month or you can sign up for a full year. It's up to you. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com is where you do it. And uh, that helps keep our show uh, alive. It keeps us undead. Undead. Undead, I like that term. Okay. So that's uh, that's that. So please uh, please do support the show if you enjoyed. Uh, yeah. Anything exciting and new in your world? Ghost phlegm coming up? The ghost, <laughs> oh, that's gross, Tony. The ghost of a, of a cold trying to <laughs> emerge and come back? We don't need to talk about that. Good <laughs> grief. Um, no, nothing very exciting or new in our my office next door. No? How about your office here? I have nothing but... Harper's hearing things. What? I don't know. I don't know what she's hearing, but she's always asking me, what's that noise? Oh, 
What's that noise? I think she hears some of the air purifiers. You think that's all it is? I think that's all it is. Okay. Because it's one of those things where, you know, when she was little, she like pointed things that weren't there. She doesn't do that so much anymore, but we'll be like in a completely silent room and she'll be like, so look at me, real inquisitively. What's that noise? What's the noise? <laughs> and I think she's just like, because I'm always giving her a reaction to it. Uh-huh. So it may just be absolutely nothing and she knows she'll get a response, but it kind of makes me wonder sometimes, like, are you hearing things we're not hearing? No, no. I don't think she is. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Travis writes in, hey, Tony and Jenny, it's uh, Travis from Tennessee. Just wanted to share one of my many stories that I have. I'll start by saying uh, at the time of this story, my girlfriend and I lived in my father's house. So there was a total of three people who were living in that same house uh, at the same time. Our room was at the opposite side of the house from my father's, and the bathroom is directly across from the hallway from our room. Anyhow, at the time, my girlfriend worked for a local department store, and on truck day, had to go in in very very early in the mornings around 4 a.m. With this, she got up around 3 a.m. to shower and get ready to go in. I'm sound asleep at the time of the morning as I work day shift, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. As she gets out of the shower, she opens our bedroom door and wakes me up to ask if I've been rattling the door handle to the bathroom while she was in there. I hadn't, in fact, and I was pissed that she woke me up at the time. Well, no sooner than she had gotten the words out of her mouth, we heard a long, drawn-out giggle that had to have come from a small girl. I sat upright in bed hearing it way too close, uh, way too clearly and close for it to be outside or on TV, which wouldn't make any sense considering we have no small children in our neighborhood and the TV was not on. We went on about our day, she going to work and me back to sleep, not speaking of the experience to anyone at the time. Two nights later, my father, who had been compared to Clint Eastwood with his no-bullshit, serious, all-the-time attitude, comes to me and says... I heard a little girl outside my bedroom window last night giggling. Did you see anyone? I just smiled and said, at least I'm not going crazy. Thanks for reading my story and keeping us para-geeks entertained on a daily basis. I'm an EPP and love the show every week. I encourage all listeners to become an EPP and enjoy the perks. Thanks again and keep up the good work. Okay, I think even a giggle from a child, if it's ghostly... Is still freaky. I think that's one of the freakiest things you can possibly hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I say thanks for being an EPP. That's awesome. We really appreciate that support. Um, and I, again, it's one of those stories where you hear it, and I'm trying to put myself in their situation and in that mindset of what would I do mm-hmm. if that happened to me? I don't think I'd be going back to sleep. No, and, that's, and it's not because I wouldn't want to. I'm sure it'd be like, oh, I'm still tired. I would love to sleep longer. I don't think there's any way I'd be able to sleep. <laughs> I would be, uh, I'd be like going around the outside of the house with a flashlight. I'd be checking crawl spaces. I would be really paranoid hearing that that sound, knowing probably full well that it's not human, that there's something else doing it. But uh, I think that would be very troubling. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if the uh, the ghost girl ever made herself known to them uh, in any other 
situations. As it said at the beginning, there's other stories there. Yeah, so, I want to hear those other stories. Would love to hear that. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Hi. Hey, guys. Steve again. Uh, wanted to share a few more of my experiences with you. Or, uh, this is just one story, really. But uh, I did have a question, and this, this really feeds into Tony's humor, I believe. Um, a lot of the ghost stories you hear, you get the, they were in Victorian attire, or they were in a 1930s military uniform, or in a Civil War uniform. My question is, where is the ghost in the parachute pants in L.A. gear with the 8-inch high top? Uh, did nobody tie in the 80s, or is the older ghost just kind of uh, bearing down on them? Where'd they go? Where are they at? But, um... I had an experience. Before we continue on, let's answer that. Because we have gotten some calls where the, uh, the, the ghosts are described, and a lot of times it's like children of the 80s. Um, I've heard it where, and it makes me kind of picture that, that TV show, The Goldbergs, where they're very much in the, oh, the 1980s sure. attire, um, where it's been described as the, the spirit looked like it was wearing early 80s or late 70s type garb. Uh-huh. So I haven't specifically heard high tops or parachute pants yet. But um, I think if you're wearing parachute pants or high tops uh, in the 80s, you're probably not going to be a ghost. I think you're probably very much at peace with yourself uh, because <laughs> at that time, the fact that you were wearing that shows some confidence. Uh, and if you passed away, I think you're you're good. I don't think there's any unresolved business if you were wearing those things. Well, here's my thought on that. I you walk through the mall right now, and we have an eight year old, and the things she wants to get, I swear, look exactly like the stuff I wore when she was eight. Because mm-hmm. everything's come back, all the neon colors yeah. and some of the the styles have come back. So you might be seeing a ghost that you just think is up on the latest trend sure because i've even seen that tall haircut yeah come back like the arsenio hall look exactly of, uh, or uh the uh that was, that was really big like the boys to men look in the yes. uh, early 90s and i that. swear i've seen kids at the mall with that same haircut again there is such a cornucopia of looks going on right now that like almost encompass every era mm-hmm. it's it, it's not so much like you know, in the 90s, you could kind of like pinpoint what era was coming back. And my mom went, oh, this is kind of like stuff that we wore in the 60s that's, you know, showing up again. Right. Um, and you could kind of define specific eras that were coming back. And you're right. There is a lot of the 80s that, that are coming back. But then you go to the other section of the store and there's very 60s-esque attire. And then there's very 50s. And then there's very 70s. And it's all kind of there. Right. I wouldn't say even like it's only 80s right now because it's all over the place. It's just... Everything in, is so segmented into groups. It's not like everybody's in one group. It's just like, a, you know, with television, you know, there used to be the three channels. So here's what you get. And this is what everyone's doing now, because you can turn on TV or like this, a podcast. You don't have like 10 radio stations to choose from. You have bazillions in every interest level. You can have all these different groups almost simultaneously coexist never as big as they all once were right but in their own like group it very much seems like anything goes anymore yeah you can pick whatever generational look you want to look like now the only exception i have to say to that is the weird couple at the coliseum flea market that dresses like they're from the 30s those are interesting folks 
they do that every time. They look like they're buying stuff that mm-hmm. is from their time period. Are they ghosts? No, they're not ghosts. Cause I saw them eating nachos once. Yeah, so there. That's the test. Mm-hmm. If the ghost eats... Although we've heard stories of ghosts eating things. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they're ghosts. I just think they really enjoy that, that fashion. Yeah. And I think it's kind of neat. It's it's different. Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> Let's continue on with the call here. I had an experience. Uh, this time was I started dating a girl, and, and we had been together for about a month. And I went to her house, and her dad was kind of strict about where I slept. He, he'd say, if you're staying in the night, be in the basement. You're going to stay in the basement, period, in discussion. I don't know if he was feeding me down there to scare me off. So he knew something was down there, which we come to find out, you know, there, he knew there was something down there. It just made me sleep down there. But um, I would sleep on the couch. They had a nice setup. It was like a living room down there. It wasn't a finished basement, but they had like a, a throw rug and a, and a couch, and it was comfortable. So uh, I was laying there one night, and um, like you have to do on a couch, my arm kind of just dangling over the side. I felt a, a tug on my arm, and I opened my eyes. And, it didn't see anything and didn't think anything else of it. And then finally, I was in a very deep sleep because um, the basement stayed cool and I, I sleep I sleep well in the cold. So I was in a very comfortable, very deep sleep and I just kind of heard a, a, a whispered, hey, 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 Steve. I woke up and it said my name absolutely 100%. I woke up and, and again, there was nothing there. Um, I heard ruffling in the back, and at first I didn't want to like say anything because I'm not, I'm not one of those people to get scared. I, it doesn't really bother me. I'll usually talk to the ghost, but considering I was trying to date this girl, I didn't want her family to hear me whispering to myself in the basement. So I, uh, I didn't say anything for a while, and eventually I did. Uh, and I said, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm Steve. If, if you want to talk to me, that's fine. You know, uh, you're not going to scare me if that's what you're trying to do." Um, and he did. He continued to, to mess with me a little bit. And he finally showed himself to me. And I, I seen him, and he was in these these nice, uh, uh, well, we called them birth control glasses in the Army. They, you know, because if you're wearing them, no, nobody's going to mess with you. But they're just thick, the rose-colored 1980s grandma glasses. Uh, but there was a man in a high-top, heavy set with those glasses on. And uh, I just kind of nodded to him, and he was gone, and that was that. And, um, I went upstairs and was talking to him later on, and that ended up being uh, his dad. Uh, that that they, they claimed that there was uh, a dark essence there, and they held a seance to bring their dad in to protect them, uh, and that, that that's who was there. And I, I guess that's the truth. I don't know if he could just be protecting them. I don't know how much of that seance brought him in. Or if they just got creeped out by him um, with the dark, you know, the dark presence in the house. Uh, but that same house, there was also a, an older woman, and I, I seen her. Uh, and the only reason I knew it was her, as I said, is she was sitting in a wheelchair, looking out the window. And they said, yeah, she she was in a wheelchair the last five years of her of her life. Uh, so that's just another creepy little story for you. And. and uh, I have seen a ghost with some 80s attire on. It happened to be my uh, father-in-law's dad, so my grandfather-in-law. So, um, uh, you know, I would like to hear if there's any other ghosts that, that they see in, from the 80s that you know, have 
80 style attire or seven even bell bottoms or something of that nature just to kind of see if ghosts are being overpowered like the newer ghosts are not quite as able to do what a ghost from 1920 can do so either way love the show guys uh, i actually paid for my epp about an hour ago so uh i'd be happy to to check those out when i get to work tomorrow i'm going to download them tonight and, and have them for me at work tomorrow and and like I said, love the show and i'll be listening thanks well, thanks for becoming an EPP and uh, helping support the show. We really do appreciate that, and thank you for the uh, the stories. Be interesting to hear what uh, what uh, perspires out of this uh, as far as a uh, uh, ghosts uh, from the eighties or seventies and, and their attire. the The whole clothing on ghosts has always amused me to begin with. Yeah, you know, because it's like the. It's clothing. It's a physical object. Why are ghosts not naked? That's what I've always wondered. I, you know, <laughs> I would imagine because they, you know, they wore clothing all through their life, so sure. they're going to wear it in death too. So I, I think then that being the case, uh, that that kind of answers the question more about objects too, and, and how they can be affected by paranormal things or by the energy where they can actually be affected if we're seeing ghost clothing on on ghosts then i I suppose anything can really come back right i mean if 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 a sweater or bell bottoms can show up on a ghost as a ghost object then i guess a train could show up as a ghost as well if there's enough energy i think it has more to do with With, with like the affection of the ghost towards that particular object. Okay. And what I mean by that is like a grandpa ghost coming back in his favorite sweater that he would Mm -hmm. wear that all the grandkids thought was hideous, but it was grandpa's sweater. Sure. Because he loved it. What if you loved the train? What if you were a conductor? I have no idea how much energy that would take to bring a train back with you everywhere you go. (laughs) That'd be interesting. It probably doesn't take as much to wear your favorite sure. pair of sneakers. A little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that's, at least that's my guess. That's my sure. wild guess. Sure. It's interesting. Uh, Nancy writes in, the story I want to share with you happens years ago when I worked in a nursing home. I was a laundry aide there. And one night I had a dream about one of the residents that lived there. She was bedridden, couldn't talk, and uh, had to be tube fed. And she was missing the lower half of both her legs. In the dream, I was bringing her clothes back to her. At first, she was like I've always seen her. Then magically, she sat up in bed. She grew legs and was dressed in old-time clothes. They looked like clothes from the late 40s era that included a dress, hat, and shoes. There was also a suitcase on the floor next to her feet. I just remember feeling so happy for her. And she sat there smiling at me, walking up... I didn't think much of the dream. I just got ready for work. Later on, while I was at work, a nurse came back to tell us that a resident on our laundry list had passed away. After hearing which resident it was, I then remembered the dream that I had and felt strange. I told mom and my mom and grandmother. My grandmother said it sounded like I had a prophecy dream. And the suitcase probably symbolized that she had her things packed and was going home. I hope you'll share my story. Thanks for your show, Nancy. Okay, was it a prophecy dream, or did the lady come visit her right after she died in her dream? Timing's pretty close, isn't it? It is. Um, 
I don't know. I could see it being either or, honestly. Um, and even, you know, sometimes, like I said before, if you're about to go and maybe you already have gone, you know, mentally, you're just kind of the shell there and your body is slowly going away. Um, I think that's a time too, where some of that activity can occur. You know, if you're passing, your body may still be physically alive, but you may have already left your spirit or whatever. And if you're starting to message people for lack of a better term, sure, you know, you may be doing it already when you're still breathing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Very interesting. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Uh, John is writing in. says, my story isn't all that ghostly, but rather weird. And will make any logical person think, as I have yet to find anyone who can give a solid explanation for all the criteria involving the story I'm about to tell. When I was younger, I and a group of friends used to hang out at this creek a few miles from my house. We always rode bikes and four-wheelers around the creek area. Unknown to me at the time, a few of my friends had some experiences there involving a phone. One day, I and my friends, about six of us all together, walked down there to go swim in this mini waterfall. About halfway up to the spot, I heard a telephone ring behind me. So I turned around and saw no one. A few seconds later, I heard it again. I again turned around and no one was there. I started to suspect someone was playing a trick on me. However, at the time this happened, cell phones were not that big of a deal. And I was the only one out of all of us that had one in case of emergencies. After a few minutes, I heard it again and one of my friends asked, Hey, you guys, hear that phone? I was amazed someone else had heard it because nobody reacted like I did. My other friends explained then that The phone had been heard by all of them on multiple occasions and by other people who were not present at the time, and it had also changed distances and directions. We then heard it to our right, but further away. My friend TJ said it will follow you. When you try to chase it and catch it, it will switch directions on you. To this day, we have no idea what it is or was, but I know it wasn't someone pranking us. At uh, the time, the Razor cell phone hadn't become popular and no houses were in range for miles. And I was the only one with a cell phone. And I cannot, uh, or I cannot account for the multiple directions you hear it from and the distances. Furthermore, we've learned only kids can hear it. I'm much older now, visit my parents' home and often walk the creek area for exercise, but I've not heard it since. But that is my story. I have two more I'd like to share some time. Keep up the good work. Definitely share the other stories. As far as this one, that's very interesting. I have no idea. Remember though. the Razor phone? I do. That yeah. was like the big deal in that because it was so thin. Sure. It was a flip phone, but it was really thin because at the time, I think a lot of them were like kind of the Nokia, you know, small bricks. Yeah, you know. I had one of those. Yeah. Mine was dolphin colored. Sure. You can get the different face plates mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, what I'd like to know, was it was it a ring? Maybe I just missed this in the story. Was it a ring or was it the the distinct vibration sound? It was a telephone ring. Okay. so And those were distinct at that time. Yeah. You had about two or three options depending on your phone as to what your ring would sound like. Right. Depending on, on your phone. So... There really is no mistaking it. I'm just trying to to, to put this into perspective of the time period. Sure. And too, for our listeners who may have been too young at the time of the razor to remember or understand just what cell phones sounded like. It wasn't today where you have five bazillion th- options for ringtones. Um, 
So it would have been a very distinct sound. You would know what that sound was. There yeah. wasn't anything else that sounded like a cell phone at that time. No, no, there wasn't. Whereas today you can make it sound like a cat. You can make it sound like an old-timey phone. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, I mean, the only thing that can come to... I don't know. Oh, the only thing that can come to my mind is, is some sort of frequency thing. Okay. Where the you know kids were picking up the frequency of something. I mean, cell phone rings are not transmitted through towers. They're on your phone physically, so it's not like that sound's going to be going through the airwaves. Um, that's the only thing I can think of, though. I mean, it's a very electronic sound. Well, it's very interesting because he said if you tried to go after it and locate it, it mm-hmm. would move on you. It would change what direction it was coming from. Sure. And if you have different towers emitting different signals, but for whatever reason, these kids are picking this up. I don't know. Here's my totally out there bizarre theory. Okay. Okay. All the kids in the same area going to the same dental practice have the same sort of fillings. Whatever sort of thing that's being used on these fillings, whatever metal is the same. And for whatever reason, it's magnetically charged and it's picking up these specific frequencies in this specific area. That's my totally everything has to fall into place for this to work out perfectly explanation. I think the more logical explanation is it is something completely paranormal. <laughs> That's pretty funny. The more logical explanation is explanation. It is, is paranormal. because I there's so many things because I've heard people picking up radio frequencies on their fillings. And I think that would be horrible because you can't get that stuff to go away. For whatever reason, some people pick it up, some people don't. Talk about a song in your head. Literally. Yeah. Um, so that's, if we're going to take ghosts out of the situation, that's my guess. Okay. I'm going to more lean towards ghosts. Yeah. I think that's more logical here. I got nothing logical. I mean, I, what you said does potentially make sense if everything aligned yeah. just right, but potentially, I got, I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into real ghost stories online to share your real ghost story with us and we would love to hear it. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. Uh, I just had a really weird experience. I'm on my lunch break right now. I work overnight. So I work uh, 6 p.m. to 4.30 a.m. And something weird really, something just happened that was really weird. Sorry, I'm kind of tired. I can't really talk. Um, I was at McDonald's and the McDonald's that I usually go to is right off the interstate and it's a major interstate that's connected through uh, Missouri and Kansas and um, Iowa, stuff like that. And um, I was getting my food and I was waiting for my drink. I look over and um, to the right is a truck stop that is 24 hours. And this truck stop uh, holds like truckers overnight, leaving some park and sleep and everything. And it also has a gas station. The gas station is probably about 50, 50 feet away from the McDonald's that I was at in the drive-thru. And I look over and I see this lady uh, checking her tires, like kind of like someone would do if it was flat. Um, she wasn't at a gas pump. She was just pulled right up next to one. And she kind of had like a Honda CRV blue color. And, you know, she was right under the light. So I could see her perfectly clear as day. And so I got my uh, drink and I was watching her for a little bit. And uh, she looked like she needed help. And there was obviously no one around because everyone was inside. You know, there wasn't very many work at the truck stop because it's two thirty in the morning. Um, so the way to get into this place, like it's connected by parking lots, but you have to go into different entrance to get gas. So um, 
I pull out of McDonald's, I have to go across the street and then back in to the right to the gas station. And when I pulled in to where she was at, she was completely gone. And I mean, the only way out is the way that I came in. So if I wouldn't have seen, I wouldn't have seen her, you know, if I would have seen her, sorry, if I came in that way. So, you know, I thought that was pretty weird. And I was going to go in and ask and see if there was a lady that came in for help. But um, the people aren't very nice there, especially in the middle of the night. I mean, I can understand why they're probably grouchy and tired. But I thought that was weird. Um, that's the first time that's happened. And I go to McDonald's probably like once every two weeks or something. Um, so that's the first time I've seen it. I've been going to that McDonald's for about six to seven months now. So I thought I'd share it with you guys. I can't explain it. So hope it makes it on the show. Love you guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. I don't know. I, I think sometimes things change our position or move us for a reason. We may not really ever know about it. Sometimes we connect those dots uh, as to the object that moved us, whether it be, you know, it's kind of going back to the everything happens for a reason thing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, sometimes I think in most cases it's just physical, normal things that are influencing us to go here or go there and, and do our thing. Um, sometimes uh, I think it may take something other than just normal influence to do it. And that's where maybe sometimes supernatural things come into to play. And it may be something as simple as you should have left that parking lot and something wanted you to leave that parking lot. So something was there projected to you that intrigued you to make you leave. You may never know why you should have left that parking lot. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I got. Okay. Anything? No. Okay. Sorry. That's I, my theory. I don't. I. Because I don't. it's pretty, you know, if she drove you know, through the one way where she would have had to have seen this person leave sure and she's gone what happened to her i don't know yeah i don't know i i think that that could be the case there leslie writes in my name is leslie from connecticut when i was 16 we moved to a house in connecticut in july my dad had married a woman who had two teen girls as soon as we moved in i started feeling kind of weird in that house there are some stories from that though these are some stories from that time once in the winter After I came home from school, I went to the basement to watch TV to wait for my stepsister to come home. When all of a sudden, I heard someone walking on the kitchen floor, walking really loudly and closing cabinet doors really hard. I thought it was one of my stepsisters because my dad had already told her not to do that a few times. Then I heard the cabinet doors being closed harder. I went up the stairs fast, telling my stepsister to stop doing that. When I got to the kitchen, there was nobody there. I looked in the rooms and nobody was home. When I went to the living room, my stepsisters opened the door, and they had just arrived home. I asked if they were there before, and they said they had just gotten home. By their snow prints, they were saying the truth. I told them I thought they were here at home and told them what I heard. They looked at each other and then at me and said, Oh, so you heard it too. We sat down and started comparing stories. Another time, when I was in the basement while I was napping, I kept feeling that someone was standing next to me. I dreaded opening my eyes, but I felt it was a man next to me. I just kept my eyes closed, stood up, and went upstairs fast. A lot of times when I was in my room, I kept hearing a guy's voice whispering my name. Usually, it would happen when I was about to be late for school. The voice was not my dad's. 
I never answered to that voice. I was told not to ever answer when someone, a ghost or spirit, calls you. Can you, by any chance, say if it's true or not, or why one should answer them? To answer that question, uh, I think it's because you're, you're giving it recognition. And, and the, the reason you've been told no to that is because uh, essentially fear that it's something that is not necessarily good. But if it's already wreaking havoc, a first line of defense would be to ask it to stop. Yeah. So that's the difference there. Those two different thoughts. It's really kind of what you subscribe to and what you believe. If you think everything that's ghostly is negative, um, you wouldn't want to reply to it. If you think there's a mixture of things out there, I would say, you know, hey, please stop calling my name. But that's, <laughs> that's you know, up to, to you. Continuing on, one day, while I was doing the dishes in the kitchen, my stepmom was looking for my stepsister. I told her I didn't know if she was the one taking a shower or if she was downstairs in the basement. My stepmom returned to her room. I thought she looked kind of pissed. I kept washing, and then, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a girl with long black hair and a white gown go from the hallway into the living room. My My stepsister has black long hair, too. I went after her to tell her she was probably in trouble with her mom. Nobody was in the living room. The living room also connects to the kitchen, and so I kept walking and still didn't see anyone. I walked to my stepsister's room, and she was sitting on the bed with her mom. Indeed, she was the one in the shower and had not a towel uh, and had a towel on her head. Her hair was not down. I looked at them, not saying a word. My stepmom looked at me and said, You saw her, didn't you? I just nodded. My stepsisters told me that they had seen the girl several times. She had come into their bedroom who would stand in their doorway, but never go in. Just look inside the room. He would also walk around the house. My stepmom has a friend who sees paranormal activities, and she came home one day. I did not know who she was or what she did, and I said hi to her and went to sit at the sofa next to the big window. All of a sudden, I moved from that sofa to a sofa near her. She asked me why I moved, and I said that I didn't want to sit there anymore. She said... No, the lady didn't like you sitting there, because that's her spot, so she made you move. I asked, what? She said again that there were ghosts in the house, a young girl, a man, and an old lady. The old lady would walk around the house as well, but mostly stand in the hallway looking into the living room. My older brother, who does not believe in ghosts, once stayed home and slept in the living room. He said he saw the girl walking about, but he really refused to tell us what else he saw or how she looked. I'll try to ask him next time I see him. I've never felt threatened or super afraid of the ghost at my dad's house. I uh, thought I would, but if I ever saw a ghost, but nothing. In any case, the same year in wintertime, my dad kept getting mad at us because somehow the thermostat would go up to the hundreds at night or whenever we would uh, wore out at school or work. The house felt like an oven. He kept telling us to not move the thermostat. All of us told him that we didn't do it. He didn't believe us, and this kept going on for a week or more. Once I saw on TV about ghosts and how if they don't like you, they'll make the room you are in super cold. And I thought to myself, so what if they do like you? They make it warm? So I gave this information to my dad and stepmom and decided to talk to the ghosts in the house. I went into the living room, as silly as it sounds, and introduced myself, acknowledged that we were in their house and that we were not there to make any problems and that we think that they probably like us so that they were making the house warm for us. 
I thanked them but told them that it was too warm for us and to please just leave the thermostat how we set it. I told them this in English and Spanish, just in case. (laughs) What do you know? The next day, after all days of that, we never had the problem with the thermostat going super high in our house again. Now, after years, I don't feel them. I haven't asked my stepmom if she has seen any of them lately, but she seems uh, that we got used to them. But it seems that we got used to them or that they no longer need to make their uh, their presence known. I have many stories about myself, my family in South America, and my trip to the, ne- to the Netherlands. We'll write it again to those. We'll write those into you again very soon. See, sometimes that does work. It does. Leave the thermostat alone. And they sometimes listen. Yeah. I don't know if uh, making the room warm means they like you, or if it could just be another, I'm going to make them miserable. I can mess with them this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it could go either way. I don't think the hot or the cold necessarily have like a significance of like hot's hell and cold is good or or, or vice versa. Okay. I think it's just, uh, we're going to screw with you and let you know that we are here. You know, just trying to communicate their existence. That's my theory on that. I agree. I think so. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our number. Alan writes in, I have two stories. One of a premonition and one is a more traditional ghost story. When I was in university, there was a period of time when I had vivid uh, predictive dreams. Usually, there were small scenes similar to the feeling of deja vu, but different in that I could remember when I had actually dreamt it. During a particular week, they became more frequent and detailed. It started off with trivial types of things, like what the professor would have for presentation slides that day and what the special would be in the cafeteria. They kept progressing and culminated over a two-day period. I had woken after having one of these vivid dreams with details of meeting a new person at a restaurant that I did not frequent. Sure enough, the next day, a friend suggested that we meet up with someone they knew at that very restaurant. I had dreamt about it. Not only that, but I knew the conversation that we were going to have and actually kind of freaked the guy out when he started describing his new truck and I finished the details right down to the red leather trim that he had custom installed. That night, I had another dream. Only this one was much darker. My friends and I were at a bar that we frequented and there was a scuffle over, a few tables over. A gun went off and time slowed to something out of a Matrix movie. I saw the bullet traveling towards me, spinning, spinning, spinning. I tried to move out of the way, but to no avail. The hot metal struck the right side of my abdomen. The burning sensation is nothing I can accurately describe into words. I felt it go through my skin, into my liver, and exit my back. I awoke in sheets drenched with cold sweat. I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. I skipped my class that day, still shaken from my dream, and worried that it was another premonition. A few of my friends wanted to go out the following evening, which was a Friday night, but I convinced them to stay in. While having a couple of beers, I told them about my dream and why I wanted to stay home. They gave me a pretty good ribbing and bugged me uh, quite a bit. I was able to get some sleep that night, but was still concerned about what the dream meant. The next day, I continued to stay home, refusing to even go out for groceries, and of course, that night stayed home alone as my friends went out on the town. At about 1 a.m., my roommate returned, fairly pale and almost speechless. After some prying, he said, You were right. I looked at him confused. He then told me of how there had been a shooting at the bar, and I just missed the chair that I probably would have been sitting in. I was stunned and unexpectedly relieved. After that, the dream stopped for quite a while. I still get small ones from time to time, but nothing 
on the scale of that week years ago. Now for the second more spooky type of story, my wife and I moved into our house a couple of years ago. We don't know of any dark history associated with the property, but once in a while, weird things will happen. Floors creaking, sounding like someone walking on them. Lights being on when I could have sworn I'd turn them off. I usually dismiss these as I tend to lean towards the conventional explanations instead of automatically blaming it on the paranormal. However, one night was very peculiar. In the middle of the night... My wife awoke to what she thought was our eight-month-old son crying. She looked at the baby monitor, which also has a video feed, but he was sound asleep. To double-check, I went into his room and ensured everything was okay. But a half an hour later, she looked at the display again as she was just drifting off to sleep. She sat up quickly, startling me awake. She thought she had seen a shadow go across the screen of the monitor. Needless to say, my adrenaline went up from zero to 100 in a nanosecond, got up and practically sprinted down the hall to my son's room. Nothing. He was sleeping peacefully, still vibrating from the suddenness of waking up to that. I did a sweep of all the rooms, finding nothing. I then dutifully checked the doors, windows, and alarm system to ensure everything was locked up tight. After some time, my wife and I were able to fall back asleep. A couple of hours later, at 4.45 a.m., my son started crying, so my wife got up and went to nurse him. About 15 minutes later, I heard screaming out of my son's room. What in the hell is that? I get up again, startled, run out into the hall to see what's happening. I hear a weird sound, almost like a whirr, whirr, whirr. My wife can barely contain her panic at this point. I look around to find the automatic sprinkler timer I had taken off the tap earlier that day on the counter. I looked at the clock, 5 a.m., and it kicked on as I had forgotten to take the batteries out. Needless to say, we had a good chuckle over that, although neither of us could get back to sleep. While we still don't know if the sounds in the shadow were just a tired mom's overreact, over, overactive brain or something else, it has made for a good story since that time nothing else has really happened other than the regular floor creaking, but I chalk that up to explaining and or expanding and contracting hardwood floors. If anything else does happen, I'll be sure to let you guys know. Keep up the good work, Alan. So I think the second half may have been more just a tired couple of parents sure but the premonition of being shot Mm -hmm. i think that was very paranormal yeah very clearly it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier you know things happen for a reason i Mm -hmm. think and sometimes you have dreams Mm -hmm. like that for a reason the troubling thing is if you always dream fairly vividly how do you know when it's a premonition and how do you know when it's you know like a warning or just your mind i don't know I really don't know. And I've, you know, I think I would probably find myself being a hermit if I had any dreams that came true like that. Yeah, I think I would too. I would be very, very, more of an anxious person than I already am. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were constantly being plagued with things like that. And it's a plague and a blessing in some cases. Like there probably, you know, could have saved her life. And in other cases, if it's, you know, if nothing would have happened, you know, you know. How do you ever identify what what should you do and what should you not do? Right. Yeah. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, tell a friend about it. Share the link on Facebook or Twitter. Putting that uh, that link out there and sharing our episodes really does help our show 
stay alive and grow. So be sure to uh, to do that and help us continue to grow the show. So another caller at 855-853-4802. Hi. Good morning, Tony and Jenny. Once again, this is Lynn from Central Ohio. As you can tell, I have several little stories that have happened throughout the years that I would like to share with you. And yet, here's another morning with some stories to share with you yet again. Well, my first story takes place um, about almost 20 years ago. My grandmother, which would be my son's great-grandmother, passed away. She was about 82, 83. She had gone to the hospital, not feeling well, kind of the typical thing that happened to the to the older generation, you know, when they go and they don't feel well and they have a little bit of fluid on their heart, stuff, so they kept her at the hospital and drained the fluid and she was doing much better and they put her in a step-down unit and she called stating that she didn't feel very well and so we had said that we would come see her that evening and unfortunately she passed away before we could get there. Um, even the hospital staff didn't expect her to pass away. She hadn't shown any any signs that they see where where they'll see people that are you know starting to shut down so it was very unexpected that way but you know it was natural causes and her age came into play now my grandmother was still living alone still taking care of everything still did her day-to-day tasks still went grocery shopping and all that good stuff but i would i was her driver that was the only thing she had given up was driving so I would normally take her grocery shopping, her hair appointments and things like that, and I was, at that point in time, just recently divorced. And I had my two sons, and at that point in time, 20 years ago, three and a half and five. So, you know, when she passed away. So anyways, the one thing my grandmother used to do all the time whenever we would run her on errands was if if my sons were fighting and arguing in the back seat, she would tell them very, very firmly, gentlemen, it is time to take a nap. And typically they listen very well to her. I kind of like that. So we go for her showings and everything goes fine, smooth, you know, meeting with the family, meeting with family we hadn't seen in years. So then the next day is her funeral. And, and I have been a little concerned with taking my son to her funeral, not my oldest son, because he was very easy to deal with. But my youngest son has ADHD, and a three-and-a-half-year-old with ADHD at a funeral is not something any mother really wants to tackle. But we did. And we separated the boys so they couldn't be near each other, so I had one of my brothers on one side of me with my oldest son in between us, and the other brother and his wife on the other side of me with my youngest son in between myself and my other brother and then they also had custody of her younger sister that was also ADHD so we had these kids staggered all in between us it kind of looks funny from the front but Jeremy my youngest he was a little bit wound up going into the funeral and I kept trying to tell him, you got to calm down. This is Grandma's funeral, and she'll want you to be settled for it, and you know, so on and so forth, just trying to get the children through the funeral. And the minister gives up, gets up to give this, the sermon, and um, all of a sudden, we hear snoring. And everybody just stops 
and looks, and here's my youngest son, just passed out asleep, snoring his head off. So we, we ended up carrying him out of the funeral and letting him sleep out in a, uh, another room outside of the funeral, just staying out there with him. But it was so funny because we all looked over at each other, and we just <laughs> kind of did a look up heavenward and said, oh, thank you, grandmother. <laughs> it was as if we could all hear her say, gentlemen, it's time to take a nap. So that was my funny story for this morning that I'd like to share with you. Now, I do have one other story that I would like to share with you as well. And again, this is involving the same son, my youngest son. And this is just to kind of share with your, your emotions and your, I don't know, your, your mindset that can be just tied like ESP into a child. Um, in 2009, my youngest son graduated high school. 2009, well, it was still 2009. In July of 2009, he went into the Army. In 2010, um, summer of 2010, he deployed to Afghanistan. You know, not not every mother's nightmare again. And he went over there, and the first few months he was over there, I mean, it was tough for him, but he was doing okay. So come around Christmas time of 2010, I play violin, so I was playing for a senior citizen dinner, Christmas dinner program. And my mother was accompanying me on violin, so we were there playing the program. And all of a sudden, I just hit a batch of notes that were horrible, and I just took this horrific pain in my gut. And tears were rolling, the pain was horrible to me, and I just couldn't see. I couldn't see the music, I couldn't see anything. And mom ended up having to kind of played uh, an improvised section to the music and I just kind of had to regroup myself a, a moment there and finish the song and then politely excuse myself and go to the restroom. Pain started to subside shortly thereafter but I just had this heavy sinking feeling that something was drastically wrong and I called my oldest son to make sure he was okay and which he was. We called my brothers to make sure they were okay which they were. The only one I could not call was my youngest son. And I kept telling my mother, something's happened to Jeremy. Something has happened to Jeremy. It was the most longest, excruciating 48 hours I had to wait for a phone call. But every mother's nightmare again, phone call from Red Cross, that my son had been attacked in a Taliban uh, suicide uh, mission where he was on a desert patrol for 24 hours and then out in the desert, they have these checkpoints that these soldiers can go in and sleep at with the military police protecting them from danger. And that was what my son was doing. He was asleep when a member of the Taliban on a suicide mission blew through the military checkpoint, running over my son, crushing his legs. And, um, um, and it was just horrific. I mean, it was just his legs were crushed and he had to be met back out of there. It was just a horrible thing, but the same precise time that happened to him, we were able to determine that that was the same precise time for when I got hit with my gut-wrenching pain and agony and tears and couldn't see anything. It just, the only thing that we figured is he, is he must have yelled for me at the time of his injuries. And the horrible feeling is you can't be there to help them. Fortunately, he's doing great today. He did get a medical discharge as, as a result of his injuries. 
but we have him back, and he has his legs, and he has a beautiful family now, so that's just wonderful to us. So thank you, and those are the, the uh, stories that I'll share with you for today. Have a wonderful day. Bye. There's, there's really, it's hard to be a connection between a mother and their child. Mm-hmm. I mean, fathers can feel that too, but so often that mother is always in tune. And I, I think it has to go back to when, you know, you carried them, you know, sure. and they were inside you. I think the, some, to some degree, that connection is never broken. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree, too. And and it's uh, it's a primal thing, too, you know, to where, you know, your child's out gathering berries in the woods and a bear's coming by. Uh, there's no cell phones at, at some point in time. And uh, the mother needs to know about what's going on. I think it goes way, 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 way back. Instinctual. Where it was developed, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then it just it carries on. And in some cases, it's stronger than others for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely there. And it does it, it has no real physical bounds as far as distance or anything goes. No. So, very interesting stories. Thank you, Lynn, for calling in and sharing those with us. If you have a real ghost story you'd like to share, give us a call at 855-853-4802. That is a number to call in and share your stories 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And hey, by the way, it's uh, almost the weekend, and that's when our EPP bonus episodes go out. Uh, if you want in on the uh, email for this weekend, you got to get signed up before they go out for the weekend, which is tomorrow morning. Morning. Uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, you just go to the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Click become an EPP, extra podcast person, and you will be on that list and you will get the bonus episodes. It's only five bucks a month. You get, of course, this week's episode and all of the past ones. So you could really binge listen to some good ghost stories Yeah. Uh, this weekend if you're uh, not an EPP yet. Because uh, there's a huge archive of them right there. They could be like literally all day. Just or sit if there. you're uh, snowed in in Buffalo. Yeah, if you're, if you're snowed in in Buffalo and you have power. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, eating is not uh, on your uh, radar of things you need to get done or surviving. Ghost stories. There you go. <laughs> Which, you know, I, I, I can't imagine being in Buffalo uh, with all that right now. No. 70-some inches was the uh, the last total, you know, depending on where you're at, 70 to 80 inches. And there's supposed to be more coming. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess Christmas ego stories, if you will. <laughs> Speaking of that, if I could ask our listeners, um, I'm working on a project for the show. Mm-hmm. It's about the loss and murders that happened on Christmas Day in North Carolina, I believe in 1929. Okay. Anybody that has any stories relating to paranormal activity that they've experienced, there's also a bridge related to that story where mm-hmm. they use part of the house to make a bridge. Okay. I'd love for them to email me, Jenny at realghoststoriesonline.com. J-E-N-N-Y. J-E-N-N-Y. Okay. We have to specify. I know. I always do that too with Tony, T-O-N-Y. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how people will variate names sometimes. Or if anybody lives in that area and has any tidbits on, yeah. on that. Or maybe I, you're a relative. Do yeah. They, maybe there's there's like, you know, next to next to next to next of kin that's right around. Uh, all right. That, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That'll be a creepy Christmas celebration. That's what I'm working on. Can we have eggnog and... Uh, Christmas cookies? Well, I'll have cookies and you can have eggnog. I don't like eggnog. <laughs> I'm not a big fan either. No. I don't mind eggnog ice cream when I tried that, but 
That's okay. Extra like nuggets. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, there you go. That wraps up the show for today. Like I said, please become an EPP. Keep the show alive. Support the show. And get that episode for the weekend. Uh, sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. All right. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.